Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. Our special guest on Bent Notes is a trumpet player, composer, educator and researcher who has worked in Australia, Europe and America. At the start of 2022, he was wondering how things would pan out, particularly with the pandemic roller coaster still likely to linger throughout the year. But he was excited about the projects that he had planned for the year, it is my pleasure to bid a very warm welcome back to Bent Notes to Paul Williamson. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, David uh, and Paul. Um, thanks for having me on and also a really good evening to all of the Bent Notes listeners. Thank you for taking the time out of your day today to have a chat with us here on Bent Notes. Everyone's really busy at the moment with the Melbourne International Jazz Festival. Musically, Paul, at the start of the year, I believe you were looking forward to a number of projects proceeding, including Northside Homegrown, the Known Unknowns, Sound Portraits, Synthscapes and The What Ifs. Has the, <laughs> has the year been kind to your musical projects? There's a lot of them there. Well, yeah, look, it's been kind and I'm, I'm hoping that it's been kind to all of the listeners as well. It's certainly been great being able to, you know, the music industry is back up and running and we're playing live music again. And for me, that's, you know, the pinnacle of the musical experience. But of course, one of the things that, I was fortunate to do over the last few years was in, in the little breaks here and there was to get the opportunity to record some of these projects. So it's been great um, having the opportunity to play live, but also an example of the what ifs that we're playing in a week's time at the Melbourne International Jazz Festival with a bit of a celebration of a, a new album launch. When did you get the album recorded, Paul? Oh, do I have to confess that? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yesterday. No, well, to be honest, you know, um, that particular album we only recorded two months ago, so we've been frantically uh, working through the mix and things like that. Of course, I think the music's been well sort of settled for quite a while now, but it was nice to actually just get some, in a way, some closure and get it recorded, and yeah, it'll be nice to have it sort of out there, I guess. How long has the What Ifs project been on the boards? Maybe, Maybe a couple of years. But again, it's a very been very checkered kind of sprinkling of momentum and then stopping, of course, with the couple of years you know we've all experienced here. That's nice. I think it's it's just felt like I'm sure many artists have have a similar feeling. Things have stop start, and so it's hard to get the momentum. So it's for that reason, I guess it's really nice to just be realising it and uh, have it have it released. In two of the projects that uh, I've mentioned, you're using a vibraphone player by the name of Miro Loritz. The vibes are a beautiful instrument, but they're not as often seen around as I think they deserve. Why have they popped up twice on your projects list for this year? <laughs> oh, you've caught me out there, but um, I'm fascinated with the sound of vibraphone. And, and to be honest, I've never really had a great deal of opportunity to play with a vibraphone player. And my day job, I guess, I, I'm the jazz convener out at Monash University at the Cezelle Cowan School of Music. And one of the real pleasures of 
probably the greatest pleasure I have is, you know, working with students and in particular seeing these exciting emerging talents. And one of those is Miro Laritz, who is in, enrolled in the course as a pianist, but I soon found out he plays a number of instruments, including the vibraphone, and his vibraphone playing is just an absolute knockout. So when I realised that, and um, he's a lovely, really lovely person as well, so it seemed like it was we needed to play music, and we did that, and it felt great. So thus, I uh, have him in a couple of projects, and it's been a real pleasure. It's a beautiful instrument. I have a very warm spot for it because it was the first instrument that uh, I uh, learnt a little bit of many, many years ago now. It's just... It, it has a sound that just grabs you. It doesn't matter where you hear it. I popped the couple of tracks on from the album and my ears pricked up as soon as I heard the, the first couple of notes. I thought, oh, that sounds like a vibe. And <laughs> it, it got me hooked then for the rest of the tracks that I was listening to. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, I'm glad you say that. I, I, I feel it's one of those instruments, it's a rare one that, when the vibraphonist, I guess, wants to, it can have a real presence in cut, but it can also create this just sublime kind of atmospheric and, and textural kind of thing that's warm and quite, to, just to my ears, quite different to, to the standard instruments that assume that role in jazz and improvised groups, you know, such as guitar and piano and, and they're beautiful instruments, of course, but yeah, the vibraphone is just a really unique sound, isn't it? It really is. It, it's got a, I think, a softness and a warmth to it. But as you say, you hit it the right way and you can get some really harsh cutting through of whatever's happening around you in the band. Percussive, isn't it? It can be percussive, but I'm so glad you, you heard that and felt that. And um, yeah, I hope that the listeners sort of pick up a similar thing, not, um, even if it's just something they're not so aware of. It does make... It makes, to my ears, it makes the music sound different. Paul, when you define a new project, and I've run a whole list of projects there for you for this year, do you start yes. with a sense of the feel of the music you're looking for, or do you start with the sound that you want to achieve, or is it just saying, well, there's a group of musicians over there, I want to work with them? For me, it's really topsy-turvy kind of approach in that it could be all of those things. In the case of this project, I really thought, of the musicians and I thought I tried to design vehicles that would give them room to be who they are musically rather than to necessarily keep them on the tracks or stifle what they do. So for instance, there's an unbelievable saxophonist on this record called Scott McConaughey and I want to let him be free because when, when we let Scott be free, it's astonishing and it's really exciting to hear him play live as well. Um, and the same with all of the, band members, Helen Savota on bass and Dylan Vanderschiff on drums and, as you mentioned, Miro Luritz on vibraphone. So I was fortunate that I had a good sense of their musical character, but also fortunate that I sort of know them on a personal level. So I felt that I could, yeah, position them within the music um, and hopefully the music is just enough to be a catalyst at times for them to um, go off on their musical adventures. Music being a catalyst, I, I love that. That speaks so much of jazz. You don't need to define jazz if you say that music is a catalyst. It's a big risk in a way. I mean, as maybe your listeners sort of experience, sometimes they may put on some improvised music and it may be incredible. Take them to sounds and experiences maybe they haven't heard. And then other times it, when it doesn't work, it, it can seem to miss the target. But 
you know, embracing that risk and, and experimenting and is certainly uh, a big part of the tradition and we really tried to capture it on this recording. Obviously, part of the process, <laughs> I can confess quite openly, is when you record, you usually do a few takes and you, of course, cherry-pick the ones that you think represent the music. I think we've captured it. Now, your What Is Project is launching that album, that debut album for the project at the Melbourne International Jazz Festival next Saturday night at the Jazz Lab. Is it important to you to have a recording of your projects as a lasting record of the work that's been accomplished to date, or is the recording process something that consolidates the work to date? I think the first thing you mentioned, yeah, I I really like the idea of documenting projects. It feels like something tangible. It's not to suggest it's the pinnacle of what the musical experience was necessarily within each band, even though you hope to capture that with the recording, but sometimes gigs they can just be something, you know, even better or have something particularly special, you know, which is certainly what we hope and anticipate will happen next Saturday. But yeah, for me, that that tangible thing in in a sort of selfish way as an artist is a really lovely thing to look back on those projects and see, oh, this was this point in time in my life and this is what music meant then and and it'll change as you go along the journey and maybe the listeners share that journey with us as well. Great way to do it. A very important question. The project is called The What Ifs. What was the full question for which a part was What If? (laughs) Look, I think that the only way I can really answer that was someone very poignantly at a gig said to me, maybe it should have been called What Is This? And then they they then reeled off about 10 different ways of uh, shaping the emphasis or tone of What Is This? or What Is This? But yeah, the what ifs, it's, it's just really to, to question, um, what if we do this? And what if we do this? And what if we do this? And what will you do? And I guess raising a lot of questions musically and, and experimenting in, in our musical dialogue, it's alluding to the fact that even though we've got these compositions that give a framework, because it's so highly improvised, sometimes we really don't know where we're going and it's decided in the moment which makes it incredibly exciting and as I say when it works it's exhilarating for us but I think the audience really pick up on that as well. The audience certainly does when things are flying the audience sits on the edge of their seats getting very excited which is what will happen next Saturday night at the Jazz Lab launching your debut album for the What Ifs Project as part of the Melbourne International Jazz Festival. For more details about the show and links to tickets, go to melbournejazz.com. Paul, thank you again for your time tonight chatting about the the projects and especially the what-ifs. Our best wishes to you and the what-ifs for a very enjoyable launch gig next Saturday night, finding lots of what-if situations through the music. Thank you for all the music that you produce for us. Thanks, David, and to your listeners for all the support. We really appreciate it. Our guest on Bent Notes has been Melbourne-based trumpeter, composer, educator and researcher, Paul Williamson. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.